Hi, hello, and welcome. This is the Zonecast, where we interview emerging Canadian professionals, entrepreneurs, and academics. And today we have with us on the show uh, Tristan Rahman. He is the CEO and founder of uh, Riser Social. Uh, hi, Tristan. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, Salman. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, I want to start by talking about your background. Uh, can you tell us about your professional and personal background? So I started this company roughly about four years ago while I was working at a tech company. And I found it fascinating, this whole realm of platforms and how people are using these types of tools to automate you know, their, their internal and out. Um, outsourced activities, especially in the advertising realm where you need to be as efficient as possible. Um, so keeping an eye on influencer marketing, I found uh, this to be a huge, huge area opportunity of growth, and it's still growing right now. So that's what fascinated me to, um, you know, begin early stages of building the prototype of Riser Social. Um, and my professional or my educational background is in marketing. So influencer marketing is uh, very much in alignment with, uh, you know, the core values of what I learned throughout university and school. So uh, it was sort of meant to be, um, and I'm excited to continue to grow the startup and uh, see exactly how we can continue pushing the needle forward with our uh, data-driven solution. Mm-hmm. So uh, now can you tell us more about uh, Riser Social and uh, how the idea came about? So the idea really came about because, um, as I mentioned, you know, I was keeping an eye on influence marketing. Back when I was working at agencies, um, it was a little bit more in its infancy, in the mm-hmm. primitive stage where, you know, people were mainly like blogging. It wasn't really data driven. There wasn't a lot of uh, capability behind it in terms of attribution. So, um, you know, I, I knew that it was something of promise, but it just wasn't, um, it didn't really come into fruition yet. Uh, so then I noticed a lot of these YouTubers, you know, growing and as soon as uh, people realized that they were capturing audiences of millions and then there was Instagram that came along, Twitter, obviously, all of these social platforms came to rise. So I thought that, uh, you know, it's now or never. Otherwise, you know, I'll be too late. Um, and there was a small window of opportunity for me to decide to uh, quit my job and start doing this full time and start building out this technology. So I acted on that instinct. And, uh, you know, here we are now. So going back to... Um, you know, where influencer marketing came from and, you know, where it is now. I mean, it initially started off with uh, YouTubers and then brands and everyone identifying that uh, people are, you know, much more engaged to watching, you know, their influencers or their content creators, as we uh, call them now, rather than just the standard uh, traditional ads that people are used to. You know, people find them to be a little bit more intrusive. So I think it's a little bit more warm when somebody that you appreciate and enjoy watching recommends something to you. Um, so that's where uh, influencer marketing originated from in, in terms of uh, getting into uh, the stage it's at now. And uh, I wanted to bring a data-driven solution to it so that people can now target 
the correct audiences and find influencers on a psychographic level or behavioral level or a contextual level um, that is a right fit uh, for the brand campaigns that they're running. So um, that's where the platform came about. And, uh, you know, there's a, there, there's a lot of pain points with running influencer campaigns uh, before people were doing it uh, considerably manually. So, you know, having back-end tools that can organize and automate all of those processes uh, was a need in the market. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the disconnects were becoming pretty apparent with uh, managers, you know, when they were scaling their campaigns. So that's where Riser came from. It serves advertisers and brands that want to run and automate campaigns with a significant amount of influencers. So the problems that we're solving here is the inefficiencies when it comes to running large campaigns um, using a software to do that. So um, I want to understand more about the platform that you have and your solution and uh, what it does and the features uh, of the platform, if you can walk us through that. Yeah, so the platform is is mainly an all-in-one solution. So anyone who's familiar with managing and automating a campaign, they know that there's basically about four four or five fundamental components of running an influencer campaign. So essentially it's discovery. That's that's the most important part. It's the campaign briefing. It's um, the content approvals. It's the due diligence in terms of the analytics checking and verifying whether or not influencers have the correct audience you're looking for based on uh, uh, demographics, such as where uh, they're located, the audiences are located and cluster, uh, the age groups that are predominant, uh, that are viewing the content of that influencer. So our tool basically handles all of those types of activities um, and streamlines the influencer campaigns from start to finish. So initially, it would start with somebody who logs in, obviously looks at their dashboard, and is able to, um, you know, find influencers through the discovery engine based on various amounts of metrics. So we're, we live in an age right now where influencer marketing metrics have uh, evolved considerably. Before, people were just looking at sort of vanity metrics like likes and followers, and very, very shallow engagement rates and very primitive audience demographics. So we wanted to take it a step further and have people understand how they can get the most result out of their budget uh, by comparing influencers to another. So we created a percentile ranking system for influencers based on the categories that they focus on, they specialize in, such as fashion and style, such as B2B, such as... Um, parenting, and then we look at where they belong in their follower ranking. So uh, we only compare influencers to one another that are, have similar following, just so that we can keep it as an apples-to-apples apples comparison. And then from there, we compare their engagements and whether or not they're viable for the audience that they have, because it's well known that it's very easy to gain the uh, system, I guess, you could buy followers, you can get fake engagement, easy ways to do that. But using a tool like Riser, you can definitely verify against all of those types of uh, malicious activities and uh, protect your uh, media budget investment. 
So that handles the discovery part. And when it comes to um, the other aspects, such as content approvals, you know, influencers, instead of sending really uh, disconnected emails, especially if there's a lot in the campaign, you have one simple dashboard to approve or request revisions of uh, content that influencer sends to you as an advertising manager. Then once you approve it, it goes live and you're able to track all of the results in real time. So it simplifies everything for you um, in a very seamless experience. And why this tool is very essential, especially today, uh, post-COVID, it's important because everyone's looking for more leaner, more agile ways to do things rather than having high over overhead, I guess. And I mean, it's not to say that our technology is trying to replace, uh, you know, people completely and artificial intelligence and robots is going to do that. But um, it definitely lessens the need of having a really expansive team to handle all of the remedial tasks of handling influencer uh, campaign management and letting a tool just do those for you while you're, uh, you know, handling more important aspects of your day to day. So, so I'm just trying to figure out, um, I'm, your dashboard is, uh, for brands and brand marketers and, uh, they can use your dashboard for discovery, which is actually finding influencers. Um, so you have like a network of social media influencers that you work with. Yeah. So it's not only tied to a network of who we work with. Um, we are powered by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We have a data partnership with uh, their API developer program. We had to go through rigorous due diligence to make sure that we are uh, maintaining a, ha- a high quality uh, product, you know, so that that data stream can be fueling our uh, our platform. So you can essentially discover any influencer that we vet through our tool. Um, we have a team that actually handles the uh, discovery of influencers. So on their own time, they they find anyone who is relevant content creator and is able to put them into our discovery engine. So if you're a prominent influencer and you're finding it difficult to be discovered, um, you know, usually we're on top of it by having you know your profile and your analytics in our tool so that uh, you don't need to basically opt in or have to search through, uh, you know, various platforms out there on the internet. Um, you know, we are usually on top of it. If uh, you're somebody who is a prominent and up and coming content creator. So brands and advertisers uh, could be assured that our database is continually refreshed um, uh, usually on a monthly basis. That's, that's pretty interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm aware of like, a while ago, I was aware of uh, a dashboard, an influencer marketing dashboard, and I believe they had a network of influencers that they had relationships with, and um, you know maybe maybe even some kind of contractual agreements. But in your case, you, uh, your dash through your dashboard, brands can even reach um, influencers who you may not have any kind of like affiliate relationship or any working relationship with but your but your platform will identify them and track them uh which which is particularly interesting and if i'm a brand through your platform i can 
I'm guessing I can reach out to those influencers as well. Absolutely. So the advantage of how we do it is that the brands can be assured that, you know, they can identify right fit influencers without actually bonding a relationship first. Um, usually opt-in platforms, you know, there's advantages to it, but there's also cons where a lot of, um, you know, the amount of influence they have could be considerably limited. So at uh, preliminary stages, brands are just sort of building a list of potential influencers. And then from there, their management teams handle, you know, the outreach of onboarding influencers to the platform so they can handle the other aspects of the campaign, like mm-hmm. the content approvals or um, even communication. So we have a messenger in our tool, too. So that can remove the need of having back and forth emails. You have a messaging app within our tool to uh, handle your communications with all your influencers of a campaign. Um, so yeah, Riser's uh, platform has hundreds of thousands of influencers there. And some of the influencers that brands have worked with in our platform, um, we're very happy to know that they were discovered using our tool or a brand using our tool. Um, because otherwise that relationship would have never been mended and uh, that campaign would have never happened with that influencer brand. Wow. And and I guess you have an AI piece to your platform, which does the job of finding and creating a database of these influencers. Yeah, absolutely. So we built quite a robust criteria for how we use our machine learning. So. Uh, in collaboration with a very large media agency called Havas Media and with the Ontario Center of Excellence, uh, we were funded to build a very strong AI solution for uh, the particular use case of, of uh, influencer marketing. So um, it's, it's important, especially nowadays, that influencers are con- of a contextual fit with the brands and that uh, their audiences have engagement um, that are a right fit for the brand as well. So what we do is we look at all of the images in our database. There's millions and millions of images. And through Google Vision, machine learning, other tools as well, we're basically able to find uh, influencers who have content. And it could get really, really specific, such as like purses, like lipstick, for example, and we could find audiences that are more highly engaged to those types of unique items contextually. And then we're able to basically have the AI matchmaker find uh, the influencers for that brand. Because the main use for it was um, to solve the problem of how broad certain categories are, like fashion and, um, you know, beauty and cosmetics, right? Like that's just a... Uh, a really vague category. There's so much depth to each one, right? You can have fashion companies that are specifically focused on footwear and, um, you know, maybe even high heels. And in the beauty category, you can have uh, beauty and cosmetics for, you know, lipstick and eyeliner, things like that. So um, having a automated a machine learning tool to basically find audiences that are more engaged with those specific items that are important to you. Um, that was a huge uh, ask from a lot of uh, our clients. So uh, we sought out to solve that, and uh, that's basically the core competency of our AI solution, but we're we're definitely expanding it further. Wow. 
That's uh, that's pretty interesting. And uh, what kind of brands are using your platform right now? Are you able to share some names? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, one of my favorite brands is, uh, I would say, Warner Music Canada. And we definitely have a lot of agencies uh, that are using our tool as well. So uh, they have various brands that they, um, you know, manage campaigns for. Uh, and, yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty interesting. And uh, your, your pricing, I'm guessing it's like a software as a service solution with a monthly subscription? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, with regard to our model, um, how we're also different is that we don't brokerage any of the influencer transactions that happen through our platform. So you can be assured that whatever your budget is towards influencers, that's going directly to the influencers. We don't take any cut out of those transactions where a lot of platforms do. Yeah, um, right. yeah we have a fixed model, so we wanted it to complement, um, you know, the, the whole no commitment type of strategy, um, that SaaS softwares use. Um, we wanted, uh, customers to feel that there was flexibility, uh, with our solution just because marketing budgets, they navigate or sorry, they migrate, um, you know, very, very often throughout the year. So we wanted to build a solution or uh, a pricing model that allowed the agencies and brands to you know, basically subscribe to a quarterly um, subscription or they can go month to month if they feel like it or if they want to reap, uh, you know, benefits of an annual contract, then, uh, you know, they're definitely more than welcome to do so as well. So um, our pricing is definitely flexible around, you know, commitment periods and uh, we we have very, very uh, cost effective uh, rates for all our advertising partners. Yeah, it's interesting that you don't actually um, take like a middleman fee every time the brand is doing a campaign with an influencer, right? And, and that's, that's why I was kind of surprised earlier because when I thought maybe you're only connecting brands to influencers in your network, but you said, no, they don't have to be affiliated with you uh, in order to be in your database. So which which really opens the door as to how many you know, influencers you can help find for brands and uh, really create a big database. Right. So when we were building the solution, we we didn't want this uh, tool to become a virtual broker um, and, (laughs) you know, handling, uh, you know, what what they used to hire agencies, for example, or um, even specific headhunters for influencers, and then, you know, they would break off a fee. We we knew that there was problems with uh, arbitrage, especially the influencer marketing industry. Um, you know, you would inflate the cost purposely just so that your cut of that campaign could be higher. So that was a significant mm-hmm. flaw that we wanted to solve as well. Um, you know, we, we feel that uh, as you need to be so much more cost effective with marketing and digital marketing, especially today, especially post-COVID. Yeah. Um, we wanted to ensure that uh, media investments were protected from those types of, um, you know, engagements and activities. So, uh, yeah, it's very simple. You know exactly what you're paying for uh, right off of the bat of a subscription, and you don't have to be worried about, 
you know, a third party being involved in your negotiations with influencers. We understand that brands can offer very specific things. Um, you can even barter with influencers for products, for example. Um, I know that there are like airline brands that, you know, offer influencers free flights, first class, like Emirates, for example, um, in exchange for a sponsor video. So we kept it flexible. You don't even need to pay influencers. Um, you know, you can also uh, offer them a, a product for, uh, you know, an engagement. So that's all uh, available in our tool too. But if you also want to handle any of your payments to influencers, you can do so with Stripe. We have that integrated into our technology as well. So that makes, uh, you know, handling that aspect very easy. Yeah, no, it's definitely a huge convenience for brands and influencers where they don't have to worry about uh, losing their uh, money to any middleman. And then on top of that, you know, the whole, as you said, the pricing uh, and the negotiation and the value exchange, they can do that more seamlessly and figure out what works uh, for them. Uh, so it definitely simplifies that. It's a huge advantage. Definitely. I mean... What brands used to do before tools like this existed is that they hired somebody to be on their team. It would most likely be um, a coordinator or even a uh, account manager or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, with this tool, you can save a significant amount of money rather than doing that because, uh, you know, this automates it for you. It's basically hands off. So you can even log off and it's finding influencers for you that are right fit. So, um, yeah, the, the whole ideation revolved around making more efficient decisions in influencer marketing, especially with uh, how to build your team around a platform too. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm thinking is like, it's definitely a huge convenience for your influencers, for the influencers and the brands. But like uh, as the, as, as the platform, as you as the platform, perhaps are you not missing out on a big business opportunity by by making it convenient for other stakeholders? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, we we initially thought about that, but I had an instinct or an idea that even if we in, instilled that model, it would be very short-term, right? And we would uh, have to quickly migrate over or pivot to, um, you know, what we have now eventually anyway, just because... Um, it's it's just so competitive with you know pricing. So I mean, if you're arbitrating um, you know some of the uh, the costs to influencers, then eventually a platform will emerge that doesn't, and that will be the platform of choice. I, and I mean, I'm not saying that that's one of the key or the key decision to why people use uh, influencer marketing platforms. It's just that it it didn't seem like the right thing to do because it goes against sort of the core uh, value proposition of this of the tool in the first place and it's very easy to game that way as well because we could at the same time set minimum amounts um, to protect margins and then um, you know we would get into those types of complications so if we created a fixed model then mm -hmm. there there would be more propensity, I believe, from advertisers um, to de-risk, you know, their solution, their technology stack, um, rather than have it as a liability or something that, um, you know, they would have to 
um, integrate into their budget. But, uh, you know, another, another thing that, you know, advertisers and agencies could counter or, uh, work around is that, you know, they could find and discover the influencers on the platform, but then they could email them and then, uh, basically, uh, build the contracts outside of the platform. So we already knew that it, it, it wouldn't have been very well thought if we had, um, you know, that in the platform. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't make sense. That's true. Eh? I guess in, in general, I guess people um, oftentimes don't like to pay extra to the middleman. So if they feel like they can somehow bypass, <laughs> right, bypass right. The That's why and save some costs, they, they, there is an inclination to do that. Definitely, it's not like Fiverr where you're you're paying maybe a hundred dollars and you know Fiverr charges like a five percent fee or something like that, right? Um, you know, I know Fiverr specifically says do not talk about anything outside of the platform. And then, you know, the uh, the freelancers, um, you know, they, they feel like Fiverr is such a strong ecosystem that they, they don't want to rock the boat. But it's not mm-hmm. the same kind of realm with influencer marketing platforms, right? Um, there isn't really one hub. But, you know, hopefully one day Riser will become that. But uh, there isn't really one hub where freelancers or um, – you know, contractors go to for influencer marketing where they feel that, you know, they need to protect the integrity and the rules of the platform and not work yeah. around. So, um, yeah, definitely that wouldn't be something, um, you know, that would work out in the first place. Yeah, Fiverr is particularly possessive about its uh, middleman position and uh, it really takes steps to avoid any uh, outside transactions between the buyer and the seller. Even even when you send a message, sometimes you will see this uh, notice or warning. Um, and and as a seller, as you said, you don't want to lose that marketplace where Definitely. you can connect with potential buyers because if Fiverr finds out, they might flag you, they might move you uh, because you're trying to uh, you know take your business away. So. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, to add to that, I mean, uh, Fiverr is free to use, right, uh, or free to discover. So, um, you know, that just shows the differences of the uh, the pricing model. And, um, you know, there are some platforms. I like how you mentioned Marketplace. There are platforms that are specifically Marketplace that do that, right? So, um, you know, that that's why they would have that type of pricing model. But our tool is more so a business intelligence tool first and foremost, and we have all of those other aspects that other tools have as well. But, uh, you know, we are a business intelligence tool by definition. Yeah. And, and the other benefit that you mentioned is uh, obviously in social media and uh, influencer campaigns, there is a cost uh, that comes through these fake metrics or fake followers uh, like uh, like robots or autobots or social media bots you know, which might inflate the metrics, the social media metrics. Um, Does your AI tool also identify that and how does it do that? Absolutely. So um, the beauty of having any influencer we want that's public in our platform really gives us a strong idea of authenticity in terms of those metrics. We track daily you know, whether where their followers are, we see whether or not there are uh, significant variances 
So, you know, for example, if someone rises their followers by 20,000 overnight, that's usually a red light um, just because of how abnormal that type of behavior is. So we have sort of like a red light alert system for those types of uh, variances and, you know, it gives us an idea to see whether or not there's fraudulent activity. I mean, it is possible, so we're not going to point fingers right away or the AI isn't going to point fingers right away. But it gives you an idea of, you know, requiring to look into it further and seeing whether or not their engagement matches up, seeing whether or not the day that they posted, if that particular piece of content um, warrants that spike in following and engagement. And if it does, then, you know, it, it does happen. There's viral content that gets released and, uh, you know, good for the influencer. But if there is just a random peak that comes out of nowhere, that's sort of the uh, signal that our tool identifies as a potential fraudulent activity. Um, but most influencers, you know, there's pro- I would say probably about 95% of content creators, influencers don't really engage. It's unfortunate that the small amount that do um, have really hindered the reputation uh, of uh, legitimate content creators who actually do this on uh, a daily basis as their life's work. Um, so that's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, there are, there are significant influencers that our tool identifies on a daily basis um, that potentially do conduct in these types of activities. So essentially what your AI system is looking at is uh, a certain massive increase in followers, uh, which might be a potential uh, potential malicious activity or fraudulent activity. Exactly. So it's it's very much in alignment with statistics. I mean, if you look at a curve, right, it has to be very consistent. It has to be almost uh, platonic. Um, or if there is a huge spike out of nowhere, then, you know, that's that's definitely the key signal to whether or not there's something fishy going on. So, um, yeah, we integrated a lot of back-end um, identifiers just to see whether or not, you know, it was a potential piece of viral content that did that. So it's not like a... Uh, a tool that is easily triggered by any means, but if it continually happens and there isn't any cause causation for it, then that's that's where our tool will basically give us, you know, the heads up that there's potential, uh, you know, fraud activity going on. Mm. And um, do you have any direct competitors which are also uh, offering a similar system, an AI-based? platform for brands to find influencer influencers yeah definitely so there are a few key competitors i guess in the united states which would be the market um i believe hyper could be one potential and tagger media that would probably be the two biggest um influencer marketing platforms that are sort of in the same spectrum and realm or quadrant, I would say, uh, based on other solutions out there. Um, in Canada, I would say that we are basically the standalone influencer marketing platform or business intelligence tool for AI, which is pretty fortunate for us. Um, and yeah, we're, we're definitely looking to build our, 
uh, our reputation here in Canada first before we uh, continue to conquest further into the U.S. But our solution definitely has all the check marks that you know, all the other platforms have. And for any product expert, they would be able to see also our, our key differentiations in terms of the uh, data integrity that we offer. Um, to the average uh, listener of the podcast, they uh, probably won't know every nitty-gritty detail of the differentiation. But uh, when you look at the core specifications of our tool, um, you could really see that it is cutting edge in terms of, you know, our offering in terms of a feature-to-feature basis. Do they also give the same uh, cost advantage that you give to your clients? Are they also like a fixed monthly price SaaS service? I'm I'm not too sure of their specific pricing models. I know for sure that they have a SaaS pricing model, but anything after that I'm not too well aware of. Um, what we also do is we offer a solution for managed services too if agencies want somebody from our team to handle their um, their campaigns too. So that could be a key differentiation as well. Um, and we're more so about all-in-one pricing. I know that a lot of platforms out there, they basically sell on a feature-to-feature basis or they sell based on um, the amount of queries you're allowed or the amount of campaigns you're allowed to run. Uh, where we're different from a lot of tools out there is we're completely unlimited. Um, we actually provide a um, a private server for anybody that is a client of ours so that they can be assured that, uh, you know, their their pipeline of our data is continually streamed to them and prioritized to them. So it's the only way that we're able to keep everything unlimited for um, all our clients and brands that use the platform. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. And um, where, where did you learn AI? Um, did you go to school for that? Or did you self-learn? Um, how did you get involved in AI? Yeah, so I mean... I'd be not fully transparent uh, to say that, you know, what I was discussing is sort of like the watered-down version of AI. My background is not in machine learning. We actually have a uh, lead data scientist on our team that has basically spearheaded our machine learning silo for the platform. Um, but, I mean, machine learning and product management from its very, very top-line level is my understanding and I've learned that just basically by uh, reading a lot on, uh, you know, the Internet, obviously, that's available, speaking to other entrepreneurs in our realm, too, that uh, have machine learning um, solutions for other types of businesses. And then I wanted to look into how that application um could be relevant for the data that we have. And that's basically where I met our lead data scientist, Ali. Um, his background is from Loyalty One. So that's basically the uh, creme de la creme of um, data science in terms of uh, his, his sector. And, you know, he's a team lead there too. Um, there's also definitely a lot of, uh, you know, contractors that were involved with uh, helping us get our solution to the state that it's in. Um, our, our lead developer, Max, has also been heavily involved. So uh, with regard to how the tool came into fruition, it's sort of like I knew exactly what I wanted 
the um, the platform to decipher or the data to decipher, and then it's up to my team to basically build the pipeline. So I, I'm basically the architect, I would say, and they're uh, the engineers that are building it and uh, handling, you know, my vision of the product. So would you say you were the first uh, venture in North America to create an AI-driven platform to connect brands with influencers? I, I, I wouldn't say that. Not because it's not true, but not because I'm not sure. Um, there definitely isn't a way to verify that. I mean, we're not looking at, into patenting this either. And when we looked, this solution wasn't pat- patented um, either, too. So it's definitely up in the air of who came first. But um, not that I'm trying to work around the question. It's it's just that I I don't know. Um, and I I don't want to provide inaccurate uh information but definitely for what uh we have in terms of uh, monitoring abilities and our hands-off abilities i after demoing our tool to a lot of customers and brands you know they've told me that they haven't seen that before so that's definitely one of my indicators that uh we're at least cutting edge i would say um but i'm not sure whether or not we're first well i guess the fact that you're standalone in Canada and your clients have never seen this before, that in itself is a good indication that you at least might be one of the early companies, if if not the first company. So that's definitely, uh, I guess, uh, something interesting and cutting edge. Definitely. I mean, throughout the journey of building the product, I mean, obviously at its uh, minimum viable product that we had two years ago or so, um, you know, the tool was was definitely doing the basics that, uh, you know, brands were seeing from other tools. But, you know, I'm very proud of how far we've come and evolved it to the point where we're able to actually have those types of reactions from from the agencies and brands that are using it. So, uh, you know, we were, we're continually obsessed with the customer building around, uh, you know, what they've seen before and what they haven't seen. And, you know, we're really uh, happy to have you know, all of those early conversations, especially, uh, you know, with the agencies who who really guided the product direction. So, um, you know, we've been extremely focused on trying to to better ourselves every single quarter and we're continually building. And, you know, what's really fortunate about this whole COVID situation is that it gave us a lot of quiet time for us to also understand the industry landscape, you know, what's not being done where we can do better and really, really go strong with our engineering side of things as well, while, you know, the industry is sort of in this uh, limbo period. Did you experience a decline in uh, sales or business activity or revenues uh, during the pandemic? Yeah, definitely um, less activity. Um, you know, we've had clients who didn't really have a need for uh, running influencer campaign just because of all the budgets that were depleted. We still definitely have clients that are using it, um, but, you know, it's, it just goes with, uh, you know, how the the pandemic was catastrophic for a lot of um, agencies. You know, I've had uh, 
you know, previous uh, agency users, you know, who messaged me back and uh, said that they've returned from their furlough or their absences and are now ready to get back into action. So uh, for the past four months, it's definitely been slower. But, um, you know, that's also the benefit of having our pricing model going back to that. Um, agencies were able to put a pause on their uh, subscription time. So they're able to time freeze and continue back when business was back to normal. Um, so that's definitely one of the benefits and something that we're proud of. We definitely don't want to be a, a money sink or definitely didn't want to be a money sink for brands that didn't have anything going on or a burden. So now that, uh, you know, the pandemic is, you know, knock on wood ending soon, uh, we're, we're definitely seeing a lot more engagement from our past and uh, prospective clients. That's amazing. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you received some support from Ontario Centers of Excellence and uh, uh, Habas Media, you mentioned. So uh, can you tell us more about the uh, assistance that you received for, from them? Was it financial, non-financial? And are there any programs in Canada to support uh, AI-based uh, ventures and technologies? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we... We partnered with Havas Media just because, you know, they're, they're a prominent name in, uh, you know, media planning and strategy. Um, and, you know, we, we were very fortunate to have their participation and involvement. So they helped really guide a lot of our features when it came to the artificial intelligence side. Um, you know, there were people using the tool while we were building it. Uh, continually providing feedback of, you know, what we could do better, um, to service their needs and whether or not we fulfill their vision. So we proposed the whole concept to the Ontario Center Excellence and through their advanced technology platform program, which requires an industry partner. Um, they, they basically approved our project, um, just because of you know, the viability, the solutions that we were solving for that agency, the efficiency that they were looking through our technology to um, identify influencers rather than having a whole team. So we were trying to evolve those types of standard practices um, internally for Havas. And fortunately enough, uh, you know, the project ended uh, sometime around late last year. So, um, you know, it was definitely a success. And, uh, you know, we're really, really grateful for having Habas to be a part of it. Um, and to speak for programs um, that are available, I, I definitely rec- recommend, um, you know, everyone to, you know, keep um, keep an optimism around uh, the government programs that are available. I think they're still very much active. Um, you know, for the OC, they have ones that, uh, you know, that are a surplus of 50,000 could be even more $250,000 just as long as the solution that you're providing is uh, an industry need and that the problem will definitely stimulate growth for our, uh, our economy here in Canada. And uh, you're able to uh, identify um, cost efficiency and whether or not um, you can actually generate employment with the solution that you're building. So as long as you have those key aspects down and a prominent industry partner that could vouch for your ability to deliver this type of product and project, then 
that's uh, something that they're definitely most open to. And I don't want to speak for them, but, you know, they were incredible to work with, and I would highly recommend the OC for anybody interested. Perfect. Uh, well, uh, Tristan, it has been very nice uh, speaking with you and learning about you and also about uh, your venture. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks again, Salman, and have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. And uh, you want to share your website? Yeah, you can find me at, uh, you can find us at www.risersocial.io and uh, we're you know, revamping our LinkedIn and we're also available on Instagram. So that's where you can find us. Perfect. Listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, particular episode. And if you want to learn more about uh, Tristan or Riser Social, you can visit the website. And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.